everybody. This is Stephanie Ruper. Thank you for tuning in to the Meaning of Everything podcast, where we discuss actually the meaning of everything. Today is episode number 29X, and in it, I am going to be discussing myths, or specifically one myth, about social media. And that is the myth that social media creates an echo chamber, which is a big part of our political problem today. Okay, I am very much looking forward to talking about this topic today because I think we have a lot of misconceptions about what is to blame for our current angry, polarized political landscape. And I think I can clear some of that up due to some research that I have been doing recently that is really fascinating and I think really important. I'm excited to talk about that. I have a few quick notes about the podcast. Today is the last time that I will be announcing the podcast as uh, the meaning of everything because our name is changing. Perhaps I should have given you a little bit more of a heads up, but uh, the time is upon us. And so starting next week, the podcast will be going by the name Naked Humanity. Now, the reason that I'm making this shift is because Well, when I first began doing this podcast, I knew that I wanted to be discussing our biggest questions and problems, and the meaning of everything was a somewhat catchy way of getting to that idea. I am renaming it Naked Humanity because I have found that all of the content is focusing on the human condition, understanding who we really are, who we really can be we might be in the future, all that sort of stuff. It is really focused on the raw reality, philosophically speaking, of the human condition. And therefore, I want a more specific name and more specific branding. Other elements of the podcast will be changing as well, although maybe on a slightly different timeline, I couldn't tell you for sure, uh, including the art and the like. But I will definitely be calling it that henceforth. I hope you're excited as I am. So that's that. You may have also noticed that the episode numbers have disappeared from many of the different places that I used to put them. Uh, this, is pres- this is simply because podcast platforms are now discouraging the use of episode numbers and they penalize you if you use them. And I had historically used them as a way to refer to previous episodes so you could easily find them. But I will make very specific notes in the show notes about the names of people in podcasts and how to find them links to listen to those episodes. So you will be able to do that. And I will tacitly use this, continue using this numbering system, uh, just not explicitly in the titles of the podcast. Uh, Those are a few quick things. Um, Oh, and we also have, of course, a winner in the book giveaway for this week. Uh, The winner, uh, his name is Joe. He has not provided a last name. Joe is uh, very going to be very lucky because the books on the book giveaway are really amazing. Uh, do check them out. stephanieruper.com slash book giveaway. I really like all the books. You get to pick one. I'll send it to you. It's one of my favorites. I will have read it. Please email me after you've read it. Let me know what you think. I would be more than happy to chat with you about it or take a photo, tag me on Insta or uh, send one to me and I'll tag you. All that sort of fun stuff. Okay. That's a lot of shopkeeping, but all very important. Very happy to share that with you. Now, moving into the content for today's episode, the big myth about social media, one of the big myths about social media. 
Okay, so there is a narrative, a very strong narrative, a very popular narrative in our culture today that talks about social media as uh, an echo chamber. And what we mean by that, if you don't already know, is an echo chamber is when you're constantly just surrounded by ideas that are very much like your own. And there's another idea about social media uh, concept. It's called a filter bubble, which is basically uh, social media platforms. You set your own filters based on the kinds of things you like, the kinds of content you search for, the algorithms that operate these platforms, which we talked about in the previous episode of this podcast at great length, which is great with Dr. Chris Burr. Please do go check that out. The algorithms that these platforms run on very quickly figure out where your preferences are, and then you have filters. And you don't necessarily, sometimes you know when you're filtering the content you're receiving, and other times you don't. And it's just a guess based on these algorithms. And so the idea is that social media becomes this world in which you are so surrounded by your own viewpoints that you just get really entrenched in them and won't consider others. And that's why people have become increasingly angry at other political parties. In fact, political anger has doubled uh, in the last 10 years uh, at minimum, which is a huge, huge amount of anger to be holding. Uh, and we have also become at least twice as polarized as we were 20 years ago, which is to say Democrats have moved further left, Republicans have moved further right, and they disagree half as much in terms of what are the primary issues face facing the country, right? For example, climate change on one hand, or uh, free speech or immigration or what have you on the other. So social media is in part to blame for this because of the idea of the echo chamber, but recent studies have demonstrated that this idea doesn't really hold up. And these studies have been very rigorous. Uh, one such was conducted at Oxford, at the Oxford Internet Institute. Um, the findings were corroborated by the Knight Foundation, you know, among many other people. And it is becoming well known, actually, in, in internet studies uh, that, that these myths um, are in fact that are myths. So the studies have demonstrated that we actually don't encounter only our own viewpoints on social media. There's no reason for us to. We all know people who disagree with us, you know, whether we want to or not. Uh, we all have friends from back home, quote unquote, back home. We all have friends from uh, colleagues from work, people we met a couple of times, you know, we all have difference on our social media feeds. And this study done at the Oxford Internet Institute actually demonstrated that only 8% of adults in the UK are in some kind of danger of being in an echo chamber on the internet. And pretty much the rest of us are constantly seeing other views, constantly. The problem I think I propose actually isn't that we're not seeing different viewpoints on social media. I think the problem is that we are, or rather we're having unique ways of being able to interact with this, right? So we encounter difference all the time and we get angry, right? I think the problem is social media provides us with a simplified platform in which to express outrage. People have immediate reactions. In fact, it has been demonstrated you know, being in an echo chamber in some ways could even be more helpful because it has been demonstrated that humans react 
in a, such a defensive way to viewpoints that are different from their own that they will actually become more entrenched in their current viewpoint when presented with opposing evidence or with an alternative argument. So say you're a really, really big proponent of public health care, single payer system or what have you, and hypothetically speaking, you are presented with an alternative argument, and maybe it's actually quite good evidence, but that doesn't matter. You, your first and most immediate reaction will be to become defensive and to defend your idea. And there may, depending on your personality and your values, you may later, or perhaps in that moment, if you are especially unique, weigh that evidence and consider it and change your mind. But that's actually, that's a very rare, very, very rare uh, thing to happen. Actually, quite most of the time when we encounter viewpoints that are different from ours, uh, we actually become more loyal to our own viewpoints, which is, a, which is kind of an alarming thing. So the problem with the internet is that we have, well, there are, there are, of course, many, many problems, but one of them is that we have these opportunities to see alternative viewpoints and hate them immediately. And, you know, when you do this in an anonymous way, when you're just scrolling through your feed, when you're not having a conversation with somebody, you're not forced to listen. You don't get context. You just have an idea and you get wrapped up in all your emotional reactions to that idea. You don't have a more full way of experiencing what this person is presenting to you, which is fascinating and, and really important, right? You don't have more of the context and, and more of the cues that sort of leave, give this to you. You also have, of course, uh, the opportunity to jump to conclusions and to receive disinformation that make it, makes it even easier to jump to conclusions. Now, fake news, it's been demonstrated, A, can be really problematic, but B, is perhaps less prolific um, than, than we tend to think of, right? But uh, this, is, this is a legitimate problem. Um, and it's, it's actually very interesting because there was an instance in which there was disinformation that was talked about a lot uh, for a wide variety of reasons that I'll get to in a second. But um, these, there was an instance like this and many people attributed it to the fact that social media is an echo chamber. But again, that's, that's not the reason. And I want to actually read a little bit, tell you a little bit about this incident that I'm talking about. Uh, so way back when uh, Trump and Hillary Clinton were running against each other, hackers linked to the Russian government, of course, uh, had like a, whatever, a Clinton email hack. Um, they got them from her campaign chair. And one of these emails generated a lot of interest because people thought that the campaign was systematically biasing polls in Clinton's favor. Like that's what was interpreted from these emails. Now, what actually happened in the email was that a Democratic operative named Thomas Matzi uh, asked advertisers at a progressive group called the Atlas Project, right, to recommend over samples for our polling. And I quote, recommend over samples for our polling. People read this and thought, oh, oversampling, they must be they must be doing something nefarious, right? That sounds like it could maybe be nefarious. Uh, and quickly dispersed it and talked about how the Hillary campaign was 
uh, of course, using this as a way to uh, bias polls in their favor. But oversampling is not a nefarious tactic. It is a technical term used in the polling literature. Uh, it's a standard technique for collecting extra data about a particular group to enable more detailed analysis of that group that makes sense. Now, this email was also about internal polls being conducted within uh, for the use of the Democratic Party. And so it actually would have been bad for strategy to lie about the data because they were using that to try to create their uh, strategy. And then, of course, this, these emails were from 2008. You know, so it was eight years prior to the whole fuss. Now, of course, if you see a link that says Clinton campaign biasing poll data, you're going to get immediately angry, hate Hillary Clinton, put a big angry face on Facebook, and then write something angry. You might just only read the headline, right? That's something that people do on social media all the time, to just read the headline. But the article itself might not even give you all of this information, or maybe you read it, you skim it, whatever. All of which is to say that social media gives us opportunities to jump to conclusions and in some ways intentionally, but also not. It gives us opportunities to be outraged. Outrage is the most viral human emotion. It spreads like wildfire. You just get furious and need to do something about it. I am outraged. It signals that something has trespassed against values of yours that you find inherently, we actually use the word in the literature, sacred values. It trespasses against something you hold deeply sacred, something that you think is really important. Uh, when your sacred values are transgressed, you can become really, really outraged. And social media, because we leap to conclusions on it, because we don't have the context of people around us, because we don't have news sources that are necessarily, you know, we don't read a whole article in a newspaper, we just see a headline, right? All of these certain things happen, we jump to conclusions and, and we get really, really angry. And in fact, when we are exposed to differing viewpoints, we can get even angrier and more outraged. And so in a sense, like I mentioned a little bit earlier, these, this idea of an echo chamber is inherently flawed because actually part of the problem is that we're encountering difference, but we're just not reacting to it appropriately. We're not considering what people are saying. We're not digging behind the headlines. We're not checking our own emotions at the door, which is a hugely important thing to do if you want to have a reasonable arguments and believe true things and none of these none of these things are happening and so this idea that the echo chamber of social media is a problem is a problem you know it puts the blame on the platform of social media where actually the problem is within ourselves it's within our propensities to uh, read information quickly it's in our propensities to jump to conclusions and to get outraged and react in an anonymous way uh, and so these are all things that we can actually educate ourselves about, our friends about, our children about, so that we can become uh, more uh, civil civilians and become better at discourse and arrive at better ideas. That is my hope, anyway. That is my most sincere hope. So that is one myth about social media that I wanted to discuss today. I will probably be discussing more myths in the future. I think there are a lot out there, and I think 
we tend to, because we have such polarized voices in such a polarized world, we tend to radically misconstrue a lot of the world. Republicans misunderstand Democrats, Dem Democrats misunderstand Republicans. Those are two very simple um, examples. We misunderstand capitalism, we misunderstand socialism, there are all of these different things, and it's all just because you know, we live in a society that doesn't necessarily um, make it easy for us, and we don't make it easier for ourselves, of course, because of things like I talked about today, doesn't make it easy for us to uh, weigh all of the evidence and listen to all of the arguments and come to an unbiased opinion, of course. So thank you so much for tuning in. This has been episode number 29X of Historically, The Meaning of Everything Now, the Naked Humanity podcast. I am Stephanie Ruber. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Stephanie Ruber. Please do get at me. I would be so, so happy to hear from you. Thank you so much for tuning in. I will see you next week.